Like a deer in the headlights or gum in your hair, what got you here will not get you there. Join us as business owners get unstuck in real time on the business building struggles we all share. Welcome to the Business Breakthrough Podcast. And here's your host, Esty Rand. So how did someone find a supplier? Like, I would like to try to ask the questions I know my listeners are thinking. And I know there are always people sitting like, okay, so I want to start selling on Amazon or I've got an idea for a product. I want someone to manufacture it or I've got an idea for a prototype. Like, and they don't even know where to start. And I don't yeah. think, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think getting on an airplane is step one. Like, no. Where do they start? No, so, so where you start is building like an RFQ, right? Which is kind of like a request for quote, which is like literally to dumb it down. Think of it as a PowerPoint presentation mm-hmm. where you've got blank slides and you drag and drop images of things you've seen or like and that you want to kind of change and vary and you make notes on it, like a sketch pad almost, literally. Cool. Then, then uh, because it's very hard to like get people to understand what you you're thinking about yeah so, so so the best way is normally to draw it out or you know grab images from different sources and mark them up and just i mean rough 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 is fine you know then you can go online you can go to alibaba global sources and just start finding suppliers that work that make similar products or work with those materials and literally just reaching out to them and talking to them as hey i've got an idea for a product can you quote me on it? Send them the picture, send them the drawing. I mean, that's how a lot of people start. And then, you know, through that, you'll find some guys are clueless, some guys are not to talk to, and they're online now with Skype, with WeChat, with WhatsApp. Although WhatsApp is harder for them in China. But Why? Look, because it's it blocked by the Chinese government. So the no way. They haven't blocked WhatsApp completely? Not completely. But most of the domestic mobile phones are blocked. Because they, really? yeah, because because what because uh, it's encrypted. So that, no way. Yes. So yeah. no Telegram either. Telegram no. super encrypted. No. WhatsApp is like child's play. Yeah. So unless you got VPN, and a lot of the guys do download a VPN. It's very WhatsApp yeah, virtual is private network, guys. For all of you listening, yeah. Exactly. I like to translate acronyms for everybody. Otherwise, I've had that experience where you're sitting and you're just like, what are they talking about? So virtual private network, that? which allows you to browse the internet without being traced. Because if you don't have one, by the way, you're constantly being traced. Yeah, so they download a VPN. Yeah, they download a VPN and then they can use it. But like WeChat, do you use WeChat? No, I don't even know what that is. Okay, so this, uh, this is going to blow your mind, okay? okay? Because the fact that you don't know what WeChat is, it's like me saying, okay, imagine to me, David, have you heard of Facebook? And I said, no. <laughs> so WeChat is like the Asian chat app. It is humongous. Wow. It is like bigger than big. It is massive. So in, in China, everybody you talk through WeChat, you chat through WeChat, you pay with WeChat. It's almost you pay a cash with it. Oh it's my cash. I don't know anybody in China who carries cash anymore. Anybody. And I include the street vendors on that equation. Everybody really? You can be a street vendor with it? Yes. That's crazy. The taxi driver. There isn't a human being alive in China that you can't pay with WeChat. Nobody carries cash anymore. That's scary. It's scary. <laughs> and who owns you- WeChat? The government? Like, what did they let that one live? Oh, interesting story. WeChat's owned, it's actually listed, it's owned by Tencent. 
Tencent's listed on the NASDAQ, so you can- I don't even know who that is, okay. And you don't hold me accountable, but I would buy their shares, I know I had. <laughs> <laughs> because I just don't see how that's just not global domination eventually, but anyway. Yeah, sounds like um, it. Um, no, it, it's amazing what, what WeChat have mastered what a lot of these, like our social apps are trying to master. But just China, and it which is, is just an ecosystem that people live in that does everything. Ecosystem, yeah. In fact, Apple even had to make a concession for WeChat because within the WeChat ecosystem, you can download other apps, and because WeChat is so big, there's an Apple couldn't. You know, it's a violation of Apple. You know, they don't allow that. They have oh, no wow. chance. There's no chance you can exist in China without WeChat. It's like oxygen. That is cool. Okay, I am definitely going to check this thing out. So we chat to all our suppliers on WeChat. And I Got it. My whole office on WeChat, and they send you pictures, images. I mean, it's so easy now. I'm going to take a look. Yeah. It sounds like it's like five in one. It's like it Slack, WhatsApp, Google, yeah. Apple Pay, um, Zoom, exactly. Skype. Like It is. It's exactly what it is. And, and to be honest, the UI is not mind-blowing on any level. Um, but like, it's just, it's like, just dominant it's the well the simpler part. it is the better it is to use yeah it's one of the reasons i like whatsapp a little bit more than telegram even though telegram is a lot more secure the interface yeah. is just a teeny bit more intuitive and that little bit makes the difference well that's why i can't get off whatsapp onto our message because i just love being able to go back to a thing and quote it and mm -hmm. reply Swipe. to that line yes. and that's my favorite part of the whole thing huge <laughs> Exactly. It's such a game changer. Those tiny efficiencies that make, you know, life better. That's all. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah. Okay. So, so they'll search online. They'll find Alibaba. How do they know if the person's good? How do they know if they're going to get their stuff in time? How do they know if it's going to look any Like I've had people who try to get a don't. color and it comes back like a completely different color. Yeah. And that's exactly why I started Global TQM to fill that void. Because you don't know. And there is, there is no way to tell. I mean, they'll say, oh, we're a verified supplier. You know, we've had site visits, audits, things like that. You know, but I just, you know, I, I know for a fact that's all rubbish. I mean, I deal with suppliers that tell me they're Walmart suppliers and Walmart audited. I call my friends up at Walmart and they go, no, they're not in our database. <laughs> you know, how do you know, right? Anybody can put a logo up on their signboard. And so, so you don't. And that's why it really becomes a part of like just building a relationship. You know, the more you communicate, the more you get to know them, the more samples you order, you'll start seeing the, start seeing the deficiencies coming out and the inefficiencies, you know, and that's by the way, like one of the things that I do for a lot of our customers is, yeah, is um, we, we do like a sample concierge service because I say to them, like they, they, they order samples, they, they get couriered from China to America or Australia or wherever. And I get them and they're complete garbage. And then they're like so depressed. It took two weeks to get. I paid for them. It cost me a fortune. What do I do now? And I go, yeah, you start again and order more samples. <laughs> and, I, and I go, that's why I live in China, to reduce all those aggravations. All those aggravations. That's the reality. So, so, so what I do for them now, I say, okay, get all your samples sent to our office in China because it takes one or two days. We do a Skype call. We go through them all with you. We can pick up any like discrepancies or issues, hold them up to the camera. And like, then, you know, straight away, okay, send that one over, send the rest back to the factory, ask them to change them because they weren't any good. 
And like, I mean, that just it saves weeks and weeks of time because there's, there's just no way around it. We order tons of samples, iteration after iteration until we get it right. Um, we visit our suppliers, we check their production, we, we meet the bosses, you know, it's like any relationship. How do you know? You, 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 you start dancing and <laughs> you realize. And you see how it goes. Are they stepping on your toes? Are they a good partner? Do they have rhythm? Exactly. <laughs> How's it work? Exactly. So, yeah. And, and it's trying and to I the mean, best place for people to source. Like I know a guy reached out to me. Oh, I'm trying to remember where he was from. I want to say Bulgaria, but that's wrong. Um, but like I've had people reach out to me that they're trying to launch factories. Um, and they know that I know people who are looking to manufacture. And so, uh, you know, I'll come to people all different parts of the world. And a number of my clients purposely manufacture in America because they just cannot crack the China code. Like they've only had disappointing experiences. And so they'll pay more and do it locally. Like, would you tell somebody like, no, it's worth it to try and crack the code. Are there other places? And obviously China is your favorite. You live there, but (laughs) are there other places people should have their eye on? Are there up and coming um, places? Like what, what are your thoughts on that? I think, I mean, there are other places, but they exist mostly because of like trade tariffs issues and things like that, where, um, but yeah, know, how did that go over when they issued all the new trade tariffs? Like it's, this is past year. What, what happened well, then? To be honest for us, it was good. It's weird. Yeah. And I'll tell you why, because, um, we don't ship a lot to the U S so, ah, so you're fine. Yeah. But what happened was a lot of the factories that, were shipping to the US, their customers weren't buying a lot, were starting to let them down and not sure. So they became a lot more desperate for more business. So they suddenly became a lot more like accommodating. For to you. Our yes. So like our service levels went up. Like some factory economists are like, you never contact us unless we like desperately begging for something we call you, you know? Right. And like, so we had a good side effect there, although it did hurt a lot of factories. And I mean, I know a lot of guys actually went out of business and just really, really struggled. So it wasn't a good situation, um, but there were some, I mean, other markets, I think, benefited from that. And, and I think some factories actually found a, a broader customer base and, and kind of diversified their reliance on U.S. business, which is not a terrible thing. Right. Yeah. All your eggs in one basket never a great way to go. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so people would look at other places for trade tariffs. Are there other places, are, are there any different places for different kinds of stuff? Like I know China's looked at like the place for everything and anything, but have you seen that like, no, if you're doing plastics, let's say it's better there, or if you're doing fabrics, it's better here, or is it like, no, China just wins on everything if you can make it work? No, there's definitely different places for different things like vietnam's very good at ceramics and and um housewares and things like that and they work well with some materials like bamboo and stuff it's like a kind of a craft and a skill that they've developed um bangladesh is great for clothing and fabrics <laughs> it's, it's it's a lot of the um clothing industry buy from there Cambodia is becoming better and better for um, fabrics and things like that. I think China is still the best for electronics, consumer electronics and things like that. So there are different ones. Um, but China's probably still just the biggest and the main one. Right. India's actually got some interesting manufacturing going on. I just, I, I just think of India as more service. Like in my head, China has more stuff and India has people. Not, not that they don't both have a ton of people, but like for me, India is like where you get your 
people to do things and China is where you get your stuff made. Yeah, that's how I see it too. <laughs> but there is manufacturing in India. But there is manufacturing some. and there's probably workforce in China as well. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. But yeah, I think you're right. The people in India, because they speak English so well and they're very tech literate, it's much easier. Yeah. Um, and yeah, most of and and honestly, like for me, I think the best thing to do is to go to like the Canton Fair in China. It's like huge. I, I mean, it lasts yeah. So over- how do you find out about these things? Like, how do you find out about the fairs? Like, I know so many people come to me, and I just always send them to somebody who knows. I'm like, here, call this guy. Um, yeah. How would they find out? Like, which thing, where? There's so many. Is it just speak to someone who knows? Is that just it? Yeah, speak to people in the industry, and they'll tell you which are the best trade shows. The other thing that's very useful is like you go online, speak to some of the manufacturers online that are in that space and ask them, Hey, which trade shows do you attend? Mm. Are you going to be attending any of the trade shows? And you'll probably find a pattern. Most of them will say, Oh, we're coming. We're going to this show in Germany. We're going to this show in China. And you'll start realizing, Ooh, that seems like the one that they're all going to. So that's I, like I, that. I like that. I like that. Very cool. This is, I love this stuff. This is awesome. So (laughs) what's a current, like, so currently you're running manufacturing, you're running a bunch of companies and you're doing the consulting and the consulting is taking all of your time. What's a current struggle for you where you've kind of landed now? I, I think, I think like, where I'm struggling at the moment is actually in the digital marketing space. Like, because, you know, we haven't had to do that before in terms of like promoting services and, you know, creating a, a trust with clients through a face and through, you know, a, a company that people hopefully learn to trust. It's just a new space because there's like Facebook advertising, there's Google advertising, there's things like that, which we haven't on any level nailed. And all our business that we've been kind of generating has been through word of mouth or through like relationships we've managed to form. Like we did a great relationship with an Amazon school that teach people to sell on Amazon and they're referring a lot of their students. So that's been great for us, but just organically building traffic and building clients digitally online is, is challenging. It's really challenging to do it's it right. the wrong pathway. No offense. <laughs> I'm with you. I would I'm just say it's, it's challenging because it's not the right way to go. <laughs> and we're going to talk. <laughs> I want to hear more. Um, so uh, just the basics, every industry is really different, right? And in products, very easy to put a picture of a product up online and if someone wants it, they click on it. And, you know, they, if you can make it look like it's quality or if it's got the brand equity or, or they're just willing to take a chance on you. And also it's very often low ticket. Um, yeah. And so it's not a big deal, right? It's very different. Like you want to buy 400 or sell $400 headphones. You've got to build up a reputation around that. And that's a whole thing in and of itself. Service. I specialize in service. I spend all my years in service. I only do a little bit with product. That's why I love talking to people like you. It's super fun. I'm going Um, from product into services. So you might do. (laughs) So in service, it's all about the relationship, right? And you can't build a relationship with Google ads or Facebook ads. Yes. You just can't. Yes. Um, this is why so many of the, we, we would say, let's say the, the service mass marketers or the information products, all the people with the online courses and online programs, why do they sell through webinars, right? Yes. Why do they have um, uh, 
I forgot what it's called now, the sales four-piece pathway. Sales yeah, not even sales funnels, but there's, because there's a warm-up sequence, right? Yes. So cold to sold is five to seven touch points. Yes. And in service and when it's a high trust thing and when it's a high trust thing where your money's on the line and you've probably been burnt already. So you're coming in at an awful place to be frank, yes. right? Yes. You're getting people that are probably not just starting. You're getting people that are already burnt because they thought yes. originally they could do it themselves. Then they realize yes. they can't. Now they're right. looking at you ready with suspicious eyes and yes. you're based yes. in China. So maybe you're part of the enemy. You know, how do I know if I can trust you? You're not from here. Exactly. You're one of them. Just because you speak English, you know, exactly. um, and, but they're desperate. And so you have to, at the same time as you build their trust, show them how much smarter you are than them, which doesn't make them feel great. And they have to believe you. Like, it might not be true. <laughs> no, this is a really hard sell. It's a really it hard sell. And yeah. so your pathways always going to be a referral pathway. Yes. I would, I would not have you go again. If you, if you had asked me, I would never tell you to go B to C if I could help yes. it unless yes. it's direct. Meaning yes. like I would have had you yourself or people on your team go to all the trade shows, not to look at the vendors Yes. to meet the people the who client. are looking at the vendors and you'll yes. be able to pick them out in a second. Their eyes are glazed. Yes. They got no Correct. clue what's going wandering on, around. wandering around, hopelessly, helplessly. You yes. walk over, you hold their hand, you have that human connection. Again, it doesn't have to be you. Trustworthy people on your team, people who are good yes. at building rapport, who know the pain point. They've got a nice piece of collateral that gives them, you know, let's say we call it education-based marketing. Um, yes. Education-based marketing is really, really fun. So in Marketing Pyramid, um, you have, let's say, 3% of the population at any point that is searching for something. Right. Yes. Let, let's take cars. Cars is my favorite easy example. Yeah. So at any point, I've got 3% of the population who's looking for a new car. Right. And yes. then maybe I've got another 7%. That's like, maybe like they have their eye out. Right. Yes. That top 10% of the market is who everyone goes after. Yes. But under that, there's 30% who don't necessarily think they're interested in a new car. Right. They're happy with yes. their old one. They're good. Like they're, they're okay. Then you've exactly. got the 30% who don't think they're interested. Right? Yeah. So the, the top one is like, eh, probably not. The next one is like, no, I don't think so. And then the bottom yeah. people are like, no, I definitely don't need a new car. Like I'm good. I yeah. just got one. My car's great. I'm fine. Everyone goes for the top 10% people who are yeah. actively looking for this. And when you do something like online ads like that, a lot of people gear those ads and the messaging again for the top 10%. Yes. But there's 90% that is just waiting for you to explain it better. <laughs> Yes. I, what I always tell people in this position is like, if you can't compete with the top 10, and again, you could, if you were, let's say in person, go for the 90 education-based marketing, explain to all the other guys, or at least the 60% in the middle, why they are looking for a new car, why they do exactly. need you, you know? Yes. And so something like top 10 things you need to know when starting to source in China, right? Yes. One of those 10 is you need a man on the ground. By the way, yes. it happens to be us, but the other nine yes. are just really valuable pieces of information. You yes. have to become a trusted advisor instantly. Yes. These are the pieces of marketing you should be putting out there. And it should be out on the sites that people frequent. It should be going to the Amazon training schools. It should be going to any of the, not vocational programs, but there are a lot of programs. I wouldn't call them quite vocation because they're not teaching a trade so much as biz op. Um, yes. Any of those, any of the small business and entrepreneurship conferences that people go yes. to. But going through the advisors. 
Cause yeah. they know, like I know, I would send people to you in a second. I know what yeah. my people need. I've been looking forever for people like you and yeah. you would shortcut my people so much headache, so much heartache. But, and once I pass your name along, you're in. Yes. So you're B2B to get to your C's. Yeah. Why did I only meet you now? <laughs> <laughs> you had to suffer but, first. But you're so right because that actually kind of was a turning, a pivotal point is like the Amazon school I was working with, yeah. you know, that they were referring clients. I mean, they still are. And, and, and because they already have a trust with their students and they've got a community of trust, you know, they feel very comfortable to schedule a call to talk to us and talk about their journey. And, and, you know, and then we see how we can help them. Totally. And once they talk about their journey and then as long as you have a low barrier to entry, um, which is, you know, Oh, you're having a problem. No problem. We'll check that out for you. Right. You do that once they're yours and maybe they pay you for it minimally. Maybe they don't even pay you for that first thing. doesn't matter. They're yours because they know you can solve their problems. Exactly. And that's what we do. We do like the first call is like a free call. I do a lot of them myself because I like, you know, it helps you also shape what we, what people need, you know, like talking to them and saying, Oh, that's your pain point. That's what you're struggling with. Or we can solve that. In fact, I've I've invented services while talking to people. I go, this is how it goes. So easy, right? Literally how it goes. This is how I built my entire business. Yeah, I built my business around what people were asking me for. And then we started codifying and we saw that like, so we have a marketing strategy program where we teach people yes. how to never waste money on marketing again. And it's marketing A to Z. It's offline, it. it's online, it's sales, it's yeah. branding, it's targeting, it's the whole thing. And it's because I'm doing this over 10 years. And over the 10 years, I've seen that over half our business has been that. That's people's biggest questions. I said, the first program that I'm going to make, the first thing I'm going to codify is the thing that most people ask me. Exactly. That exact hundred percent. No, it makes total sense. Yeah. No, speaking to the man on the ground and, and everything gets lost otherwise. No, I'm with you. And it's, it's tough, especially you're far away. So you're not, you're not necessarily in it with them and you exactly. don't personally have the same pain points they have at all because you solved them by moving there. Exactly. Well, exactly. And, and that's the truth. Like I say, like guys, I've been here for 16 years. Does that not tell you something? <laughs> Believe me, I don't love living in China. I'd much rather be on a beach in Australia. But, you know, but it has created a lot of opportunity being there. So for sure. And it's such a, it's such an opportunity. I love working with businesses that like serve the world in a way, like solve problems. Not that I don't like stuff. I like stuff. I love my pen. I like my glass cup. Like we need stuff. But to me, (laughs) what I love about service is people have problems and then you can solve them. And people really have this problem. They need you. You just have to let them know you're here. That's all. Exactly. The right people in the right way at the right time, through the right method, and, and that's you're good. So that's all. Just, just like that. Oh my gosh. Okay, we could talk forever. So now that everybody is completely ready to buy after listening to this, because they know you know your stuff, yes. where's the best place for them to find you? Well, if they just go to our website, globaltqm.com, okay. it's super easy. There's a button that says schedule a call, and they literally click that button, schedule a free call, and we take the call and we talk about where they're at, what they need, and we tell them how we can help them. Love it. Or not. Love it. And it's so valuable. Guys, any of you who I see, I'm on the site right now. I see schedule a button, schedule a button. I see schedule a call button. I see a WhatsApp button that if you click, it connects straight to his WhatsApp. They make it really easy to find them. Um, 
And this is invaluable. Like I would tell you before you get burnt, <laughs> reach out to David so that you don't get burnt. Really good idea. Um, okay. So David, at the very end, I always like to surprise my guests. I didn't warn you. Um, and ask for a quote. It doesn't have to be a favorite one of all time, but it can be. It could be something on your mind. But I love how quotes kind of wrap everything in like a nice bow. Oh my gosh. Should I bring out my book of quotes? Yes. <laughs> I have a book of quotes. I was collecting quotes from the time I was a teenager and I have an entire um, like binder with plastic sleeves full of quotes. I believe it. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's hard when you put me on the spot, but there's two things. Um, the one is... Actually, we spoke about it earlier because I, and I, I genuinely use it all the time. That if somebody can't explain it to you in under a minute, they don't understand it well enough. Yeah, and we, like we spoke about it, but it's a, it's a fact. It's true. And, um, and then the other thing I just strongly believe is that um, you don't know what you don't know. And that's why just surrounding yourself with the best mentors and people around you is the fastest way to learn. I love that. You don't, to, you don't need to figure it out on your own. I love that. I love how that kind of encapsulates so much of what you explained was your journey. Also, like you had mentors, you sought out opportunity and you sought out more mentors to come with you with those opportunities. And, uh, and yeah, and it's really worked for you. Absolutely. <laughs> Amazing. I, I I'm a figment of my mental sculpturing. <laughs> That's all I am. I'm a result of different results people. of all the mentors. I hear that. <laughs> I hear that. And I've, I am a business coach slash consultant and I have had a business coach all my years and every time like, and I've graduated already twice now when I felt, and I've had like niche mentors in like different areas, but yes. as a general mentor, like I remember the first time I graduated from my first business coach, I just felt like I'm done here. Like it wasn't like a bad, I wasn't upset. I was just like, I feel like I got from you everything that I needed to get to where I am. I don't feel like you can get me past here. So I need exactly. someone else. That's all. Correct. And that's good. In yeah, fact, I've got a guy that used to come out all the time. He's a great engineer. He's a doctor of electrical engineering. He's been a mentor and advisor to me for many, many years. And like, it just recently got to the point where I just said, like, we, we've outgrown what you offer. You know, right. we've gone more tech. We've gone more this. We've gone more that. It's just not your space anymore. Totally. And it's good. Totally. And that's, you know, there's only goodness in that right it means like that person's been amazing for you in your life they've been amazing on your journey and you've graduated we all want to graduate we don't want to stay in exactly. kindergarten or elementary school or even college forever <laughs> exactly the student becomes a teacher of yes at some point the student does become the teacher it is true those, those are some really fun moments okay guys i want to keep talking to david but you got to go so <laughs> you can Find him at globaltqm.com. He's super easy to reach out to. He clearly knows his stuff. And uh, you also know someone who needs to hear this. Anyone who is selling on Amazon, sourcing in China, trying to, trying to run any kind of product-based business, whether they're manufacturing or they are reselling, share this episode with them. sdran.com slash 93, or hit your share button on Spotify, on Google Play, on iTunes, Stitcher, it's everywhere. Come on. And subscribe because we have more things coming. And we will catch you next week. David, thank you again so much. Thank you so much for having me. It's been great. This is amazing. You've been listening to the Business Breakthrough Podcast with SD Rand. If you're looking for a breakthrough in your business, 
reach out at sdran.com slash breakthrough to be a guest on the show. Everyone's got a business struggle. What's yours?